anything is possible and it's all about just deciding it, declaring it and basically making it happen. Yo, 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 welcome to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. Whoa, we're rolling through March, rolling through March. I'm still here in Colombia. Been traveling around a lot and I'm really excited to share today's episode with you. If you're just joining me on the Wholehearted Glow podcast, welcome. So happy you're here. My name is Blaze Collette. I am a certified personal trainer, sports nutrition coach, Ironman athlete, yoga instructor, fitness fanatic, and my primary passion is motivation. Motivating others has given me such a purpose in my life, and it's the way that I feel I can truly serve the world and serve other people in a way that makes a lasting impact, right? It's like we all have these passions and we have these gifts that we're given, and sometimes I think I'm I, I, I get caught up in the day-to-day and I find myself maybe not using my voice in a way that I know that I should, right? Because it's like when you use the gift that you know that you have within you, it permeates and it radiates out and other people feel that, right? And it's just such an incredible, incredible thing to do, not just for yourself, but to do for others. So that is what I do on the podcast. That is what I do with my music, with my singing, with my recording, with my teaching classes, with personal training, with nutrition coaching. It's all just different vehicles in which I'm able to help and serve others. And I'm really grateful that you're here. If you've been here before, welcome back. I know I'm sporadic on recording, but it's like when I feel the inspiration and when I feel like I need to say something, right? It's like, I feel like I have to say these things because if I don't, I keep them locked inside me. And when they're locked inside me, my energy becomes trapped. So today we are going to talk about the sober curious lifestyle. So I had a previous podcast called Relationships with Firewater, and I did it about two or three years ago. And it was really interesting. I spoke with an Ayurvedic practitioner who is a health coach, And we spoke about what alcohol does to the body. And I was always really, really intrigued by the effects of alcohol on our system. And I think that the reason why, and the older I get and the more shadow work that I do, which I feel like is the buzzword of 2021, which is just kind of looking at those darker parts of yourself or your history or your past, right? So I feel like when I started looking at those things, I realized that my grandpa was an alcoholic. And my stepdad is an addict and my dad's grandpa was also an alcoholic. So it runs in the family and I always knew that it was something I needed to just be mindful of. I never had a physical or emotional dependency on alcohol. However, I just find it so interesting in our culture how prevalent alcohol is in our society and how much of a social mechanism it really truly is. And it kind of becomes a cop-out, I feel, for a lot of different things. So after recording that episode, I was just on my own journey. And as you know, then I went through something in which one of my clients killed herself, which was very traumatic. And I've luckily healed from this experience. And anyways, um, I'm able to, you know, talk about it in a way that is productive so I can spread that light to other people and share and be honest with what I'm going through. So anywho, I 
after that experience, I was going through a depression, which I also spoke about on the podcast, because I'm kind of here to share my story. I'm not kind of here. I am here to share my story. I'm here to vocalize the things that I go through so that you don't feel alone. So anyways, I went through that. And when I was going through the depression, I was only drinking at the time, I think maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. But I definitely would get drunk, you know, have more than three or four drinks. I would say maybe like four or five, I guess. That was about a year and a half, almost two years ago. And I was going through this depression and I was really feeling low. And so what I realized and what I always knew about alcohol is that it's a depressant, right? Like it is a depressant. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand about alcohol because I don't feel like sometimes people understand what a depressant can do to the body so it's just it's something that people need to be really aware of so what is a depressant a depressant is a substance that reduces arousal and stimulation they don't necessarily make you feel depressed however they can affect the central nervous system and slow down messages between the brain and the body right so that's an important thing to think about if you're processing something it might not be the best option, but yet it's something that our society finds so, so, so important and so valuable to everyday life. So I was going through this depression. I was really not feeling great. I never took antidepressants. I'm really grateful that I was able to make it through without the antidepressants. However, I do understand that that's something that some people need. I was close a lot of times. However, I made it through. Honestly, I contributed to exercise when I literally could not get out of bed some days. I would just look at my tennis shoes, pull myself out of bed and go for a run. So I decided to stop drinking. And my mom, she never really drank when we were growing up. And she told me that one time when she was in the army, which was, you know, in the 1980s, she was living in Korea and she had been there for, she was stationed there. She was deployed. And she said that there wasn't a lot to do on the army base so that she would kind of like felt like she was creating a little bit of a dependency on alcohol because they were just drinking all the time because they had nothing else to do, right? I'm sure you've been in that situation where you're around a group of drinkers and you find yourself indulging a lot more than you maybe would if you were on your own or if you were in a healthier setting. So she decided she was going to go a year without drinking. So anyway, she always shared that experience with me and I always thought that that was very admirable. So as I was moving through my depression, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do a year without alcohol because I want to challenge myself. Now, this is where sober curious lifestyle stuff comes in, right? Because I wasn't going to rehab. I had no dependency on alcohol. Sure, I enjoyed drinking once or twice a week or every few weeks, but I had never cut it out completely. And that's really what I want to talk to you about that experience because I've reintegrated since then. But I want to really be a voice for people that are looking into a sober curious lifestyle because honestly, I cannot even begin to tell you all of the benefits that it has had on my life. So basically let's get right into it i i decided to to stop drinking i believe it was like april 29th of 2019 and the first few weeks i was i don't know i i think the first few weeks were a little challenging simply because of the habit so that's something you really want to assess when you're looking at 
doing a longer term without drinking. So you want to look at, okay, how long do you normally go without drinking? And how long do you feel like it's going to be comfortable for you to go without drinking? So I know for me, like the first two or three weeks were challenging, but I had this goal in mind. So that was the first thing you got to kind of think about is like, where is it going to get uncomfortable? The next thing that you got to do is you really got to set a goal. So for me, my goal was a year. I wanted to do a year of no alcohol and just see if I could move through the more depressing times in my life, really process Sarah's death, really process all of the things that I was going through. And just, I wanted clarity because when I was moving through that depressive time, I always kind of felt so foggy and lagged and that sucked. So I knew that not having the alcohol was going to bring me that level of clarity that I was seeking. So in doing that, I set the goal. So then the next thing that I did was I decided to get this app and it's called the days app. And I think it's beneficial for anyone, whether you do have an alcohol dependency or you just want to track a goal and be really, really honest with yourself about what your relationship is with alcohol, with cigarettes, with social media, whatever it is. Basically, all it does is you just set a date for, let's say you're starting it on, I don't know, April 1st, 2019. And you just start it and then it records every single day and you can create a topic for it. So like for me, I just wrote no drinking since, and I believe it was like April 29th, 2019 or whatever it may be. And then I started it. So that really kept me super, super accountable to my goal because I knew it was going to be a challenging, like a challenging year. Like it was honestly, it was very confronting and like, I really had to stay committed. So I really set myself up for success with those two things. Number one, I knew it was going to get uncomfortable. So I predicted when the uncomfortable times were going to come based on my habits. So that's what you got to do, number one. Number two, you really want to set up some accountability for yourself. Another thing I did is I alerted my friends, right? Like I told my really good friend at the time, Isa, I was like, I am not drinking for a year and I really need you to like just support that because I knew I could do it on my own. But I also was thinking to myself, I don't want to be around people that are like, oh, come on, just have a drink, right? So that was huge. Um, and then I just, I started to just move through month after month after month. And what I will tell you that is very interesting is that I feel that that was the time in which I had more of a spiritual awakening and a spiritual opening within myself. I always felt like a spiritual person, you know, I always felt connected to some sort of source energy or the universe, whatever you may call it, because I feel that it comes through my voice. I, I don't know how to describe it from a young age. I was, I've always been very outspoken. I've always spoken my truth. I've always been really honest. People always know whether I like them or not, or whether something is wrong with me. Like you can tell it on my face. Right. And so what I have found is when I did my year, it actually ended up being a year and a half with no alcohol. I felt such a deeper connection to myself, but also to more of a spiritual source because it was really all I had to turn to. And my clarity just skyrocketed. And what do I mean by that? It's like, when you go so long without anything in your system, literally no weed, no alcohol, no drugs, nothing. Yes, I drink coffee. You know what? Sue me. Okay. I like coffee. I love coffee. I take that back. 
When you go so long without anything in your system, I don't know how to describe this other than life becomes so much more vivid because you're, it's like you're pulling off layers of yourself and getting to your truer self. And once you get down there, you see life so clearly. Like I would look out into the sky and I would see the pinks and the purples and I would see like the moon hanging over the ocean and I would see the really deep, deep blue water as I was swimming at sunrise and I would see the deep green of the trees and like the bark on the trees and I would really feel the wind. It was like all five senses were so plugged in due to this very high level of clarity. And that was so amazing. So really taking control of your own clarity is such a huge benefit of not drinking alcohol because you might think to yourself, well, I only drink once a week, but it's like, okay, but that is a mind altering substance. And when you do and mess around with mind-altering substances, it can hormonally take days or sometimes even weeks to get that out of your system, right? So like what would happen to me is if I drank on the weekend, like on a Saturday, I felt like I was still recovering, obviously on Sunday, and then still kind of like getting the the like the physical weight and bloating and malaise off my body on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then maybe I would drink on Friday, right? So it's like, I never felt like I was able to really flush everything out and get that full state of clarity because I was constantly within that cycle. Even if it's not a detrimental cycle where you're drinking every single night and, you know, getting drunk into an oblivion, you're still putting that mind altering substance into your body. And I think it's an important question to ask yourself, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because it's a habit? Are you doing it because you like the taste? If you like the taste, why do you like the taste? Are you doing it because it's what your partner does? Are you doing it because it's the way that you bond with your friends? I mean, there's so many great, great questions around why we put such a heavy emphasis on alcohol. So I would say if you're looking to gain more clarity in your life, that is a huge, huge plus of living a more sober, curious lifestyle. The next thing I want to talk about is the ways in which I was able to grow financially after not drinking for a year. And I feel like people don't really talk about this and I don't know why, but I want to talk about it, especially for any of the ladies out there listening, men, you too, but women, I I really want you to empower yourselves to be in control of your finances. And this is really important because this is often very much tied to your dignity and your level of independence. And for me, being a strong, independent woman and having the ability to care for myself and to fend for myself and to pay for my own lifestyle has been very challenging, especially in my early 20s, Um, but now has been so, so rewarding. And I'm so grateful that honestly, my parents really pushed that on me and taught me a lot about money and taught me a lot about finances and taught me how to really be in control of my financial situation. Now, how does this connect to not drinking? I really feel that when I didn't drink over that year and a half, because of the level of clarity in which I had, which I just spoke on, 
I got super clear about my financial goals. I mean, I literally was like three months in, you realize you have more spare time, right? Cause you're like, okay, I, I can, you know, I feel amazing every day. Number one, <laughs> my body feels great. You know, you just start dropping weight, feeling good, all of the things. And so then you're like, all right, what do I want to focus on? So for me, I had this goal. I was like, I'm going to save a hundred thousand dollars before the age of 20, 28. And, um, yeah, I did it actually. <laughs> Can't even believe I did it because I'm like you, like I, I did not, I was not given any, any money. You know, I, I earned all of that money myself and I set that goal. And because I had the time, the clarity, the energy, right? Cause I wasn't wasting days in bed. Even if you only waste four days a month in bed, that's still four days that you could be doing something productive or bettering yourself because I wasn't wasting that time. I got super clear. I set the goal. And then as I've spoken about before in other podcasts, I just worked backwards from that goal. I determined what level of income that I needed per month, per week, per hour, per day, or per day, per hour. And I just went for it. And I will tell you, having that clarity at all times kept me so mentally driven and drawn to my goal that I began to understand that it was going to be possible. Because when I set the goal, I do this thing where I like to set goals that are like, well, they're smart goals, but which is, you know, a goal setting technique that we can speak about if you have any interest in goal setting and coaching. But basically when I set goals, I like them to be a little bit of a push, obviously, right? So it would be one thing to set a goal and be like, oh, I want to save, you know, let's say half of that, $50,000 by the age of 28. But that wasn't going to push me. So I picked a goal that I knew was going to make me relatively uncomfortable. And I always go about 10% higher on my goal than I feel that I can achieve. So like if I know I can save, let's say 80,000 or $85,000, I'll push about 10 to 15% higher. So 90 or a hundred. That is how you do amazing shit right there. So you got to get out of your brain's comfort zone, which by the way, the brain really loves comfort. But when you start getting the brain comfortable with being uncomfortable, then you are really opening yourself up to an entirely new world in which you realize that literally anything is possible. And it's all about just deciding it, declaring it and basically making it happen. Right? So I set that goal and just like I said, having that clarity meant so, so much to me. And it really, really, really helped to have those financial goals. So what I will tell you is if you're looking into changing your lifestyle and creating like that more sober, curious lifestyle for yourself, amazing. You just got to make sure you're setting goals in the interim that are going to keep you motivated because I was super motivated by that goal. And I was also super motivated by the goal of not drinking for a year. So that was huge. So financial freedom, financial goals. That is such an important thing to think about. And I really want you to think about that if you're considering a sober, curious lifestyle. Now, the next thing I want to talk about that I, I touched on a little bit was the effect that it has on your body. You can look at my transformation photos on Instagram and that's that whole hydro glow coaching, by the way, you will see that I transformed 
right? It's not like, oh my God, Blaze lost 30 pounds. No, because I never was super overweight, but my body composition changed a lot. Why? Because my metabolism sped up. Why? Because I wasn't drinking, which then goes into your liver, which the scientific effect of it is basically that you start to essentially your body starts to slow down because it's trying to process the alcohol so it doesn't hit your system so fast so you don't get super fucked up. So I started, when I stopped drinking, like the first two or three months didn't see a difference at all because my body was still like detoxing everything out, right? But then it was months like six to eight where I was like, all right, your girl just lost 10 pounds. What? Now, granted, I also changed my nutrition. I also stopped eating late at night, which was another thing that I used to struggle with when I would drink, right? Because I would always get like, you know how some people get like the munchies from alcohol or from weed? I would get the munchies from drinking. So for me, like I always found if I would drink in excess, it would be really, really hard for me not to overeat. So not drinking really, really, really helped me. And then one day I looked in the mirror, like six, like I said, six to eight months later, and your girl had abs. I mean, do I have a six pack? No, I absolutely do not. However, I definitely saw a huge difference and it was cool because obviously my nutrition was on point and my eating habits had shifted so much and my portion control was so much more on point but I wasn't I didn't always feel like I was in that guilt trap you know what I'm talking about where you go out drinking with your friends you probably have you know two or three beers and then you maybe have like a cocktail or two and then you're like let's get some fries and pizza and then you get fries and pizza. And then you're like, all right, now let's, I don't know, smoke some weed, whatever you may do. And then you go home and you go to bed and you wake up and you're like, I feel like literal trash. Like I feel like trash. And your body is like, what just happened? So then your body basically just bloats. And you're like, okay, well, um, this kind of sucks. So then like that would happen to me and then I would trigger myself by stepping on the scale. I'd step on the scale and then I would be like, how the heck did I gain eight pounds in a weekend? And guess what? It was water weight and it was sodium and excess bloat from the alcohol. So then what would happen is I felt like I was on this constant guilt cycle, as I said, where I would feel guilty about the fact that I overindulged. And then I would spend the whole week trying to like put myself into this caloric deficit and just throw my relationship with food out of whack only to then do it again, if not that weekend, the weekend after, right? And it's like, even if you're only doing this once or twice a month, it can be detrimental to any progress or goals that you're trying to achieve, right? Even if your financial goal, if we're touching back on that, is to save $200 a month and you go out twice a week or twice a month, that could be your $200 right there. And that's $200 that you could save, that you could invest, that you could put into your retirement fund, that you could go on a trip with, that you could go and invest in yourself in, right? 
Or if we think of it back into our nutrition standpoint and our body composition, we think about those two to three or four days per month, those can be so detrimental to your progress. And I will tell you, as a personal trainer, I've seen it all, right? Like I have literally trained hundreds, if not thousands of clients, been doing this for honestly a little too long, just kidding, kind of not really, seven years. laughing about that the other day. I was like, I taught my first fitness class in 2014 and now we're in 2021. So wow. Anyways, I've seen it all, right? And so what I have seen is that, especially women, what up women, we like to trap ourselves in guilt and shame. It's like our favorite little blankie. We're like, I feel guilty. I feel shame. So we trap ourselves in these little guilt and shame blankets after we go out drinking with our friends. We feel like shit. We overeat. We overindulge. And then we're like, I'm going to get back on the horse. I'm going to get back on the horse. So then we start like going to Orange Theory and going to Soul Cycle and, you know, doing all the things that, um, just, Sometimes they're not really that effective. So just get yourself a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. And if you don't have access to that due to finances, let me know and I will find someone for you because um, group exercise is fun. I love it. It's amazing. And I love teaching. I love teaching group exercise. But if we're talking about shifting body composition, strength training is super important. So hire a professional. Anyways, then you're just in the guilt trap and then you're trying to overcompensate and then you're never really seeing results. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because not drinking will enhance your body's ability to burn fat over the long term and you will see more results and your body composition will change. It might not happen in the first two months or three months, but like I said, give it six to eight months and you will see a huge difference and you're going to feel better. So... I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And another thing that comes along with that, like I said, is like you can really shift your eating habits for the better. So I started creating all new success structures for myself when I stopped drinking. And success structures are this thing that I basically created for all the different goals that I set. So basically, I set goals in all these different areas of my life. So, you know, we've got personal goals personal development goals, financial goals, career goals, fitness goals, exercise goals, um, nutrition goals, training goals. I mean, you name it. I just, I love setting goals. It's, it's a lot. Anywho. So I started creating new success structures around nutrition and I realized that alcohol was a big, big, big excess of caloric intake, which I know I spoke about earlier, but also the nutrition associated with it, right? So you really got to be honest with yourself about when you're drinking, if you're eating as well, because honestly, I feel like most people have to, like if you're drinking heavily, you're probably going to eat something. And if not, you're going to get super effed up and you're not even going to be able to drink that much. So that's an important thing to think about. And to be honest with yourself in that way, because I think I was not being honest with myself about my caloric intake and my energy expenditure. And then I was really frustrated because I was not seeing results. So I would really heavily, highly recommend you be super honest with where you're at in regards to to your nutrition and how it is affected by alcohol intake. So that's another one. 
the next one I want to talk about is your support system and your friend group. So this was the hardest one for me because I was nervous. I was thinking to myself, all right, well, you know, most of my friends are pretty healthy. We all work out, you know. We like to go to the gym, we like to do fun stuff, activities, adventures, etc. But it always kind of would end with, oh, let's go and get drinks or let's go to a happy hour or let's go to this place and like try a new alcoholic beverage. Like, okay, that's one way to waste $20 in Miami or if you're in Montana or Texas, I don't know where you are. could be like $10 or $5. But anywho, I always just was really concerned when I decided I was going to do a year without, without alcohol, like, am I going to still have friends and what friend groups am I going to have? Because at the time I was kind of hanging out with this one group and I was on like the outskirts of the friend group. Cause I'm always kind of a floater. Like, I don't know. I don't like when it's a big group of friends, you know, 20 people or something. I'm always kind of just, I don't know. I'm like on the outskirts of it because I'm a leader at heart. But when it comes to like a more casual setting like that, I don't really want to lead. I just kind of want to sit back and kick back and like float around. And if I want to leave like a party or leave an event, I just, I uh, honestly, I just bounce. And so I was hanging out with this one group and they definitely were drinking every weekend. There was one person that didn't drink in the group, but I don't know. He just, he's a super great person, but we didn't like vibe, you know? So every time I would go to these parties, I'd be like, well, I'm bored because everyone's just getting super fucked up and like FaceTiming their friends at a party, which, okay, like, let's be a little more present. And like, I just felt like I couldn't really connect with people because the conversation quality would start to drop really low after about an hour and a half to two hours of being at the party. So I started hanging out with that. Well, I was hanging out with that group for a while. And then after that, I was like, okay, like I got to do something different. So then I started doing triathlon and then I decided to train for an Ironman. So that was a perfect way to not be drinking for like the remaining six months because there's just no way you can train for an Ironman and drink. Like I genuinely just don't, don't think I could have done it with alcohol. No, no possible way, no possible way. But you know, if you're out there and you can train for an Ironman and drink even once a week, honestly, hats off to you because the level of fatigue that I felt, and I still haven't even talked about the actual race, which I'll talk about it on the pod, still processing after a year, just kidding. Um, but the level of fatigue that you feel when you're Ironman training because your hormones are getting so wonked up is just unlike anything else. So anyway, so then I started training for triathlon. So then I kind of replaced that social group with the triathlon team that I was on, which, you know, that had its own set of interesting experiences due to cultural differences and, you know, all sorts of interesting things, but it was a great challenge great team. And I'm really glad I did it because it gave me a lot of purpose just waking up in the morning and knowing I had to train and knowing I had this big event and I had to be ready for it. I couldn't like let myself down. And I had to have, like, I had this goal and starting to do the races because, you know, this is pre COVID times. 
racing was really fun and really social and a great way to meet people. And that's where I actually met my training partner, Issa. We trained for the Ironman together. And um, we met at a triathlon. So I was really grateful that I was able to find a healthy, more social setting, a healthy social setting that did not revolve around drinking. So that would be a huge, huge, huge recommendation that I would have to you is like, you got to find some people that want to do stuff during the day. That's number one. Number two, even if you find people that you want to do stuff with during the night, you either set a boundary if they like to drink or you find people that just want to do more conscious stuff. And in Miami, it was cool because towards the end of my time there, I started to basically go to these conscious events. Like I started performing at open mics that were non-alcoholic, which was super cool because they weren't just so loud and obnoxious and unable for people to hear your voice. And I started doing like meditations and sound baths and you know all of the things and if you're kind of like listening to this and you're laughing because you're like blaze i'm not going to a fucking sound bath you know what that's fine go to the beach go to the lake bring some kombucha and a blanket go up into the mountains draw something paint something inspire someone motivate someone give someone food on the street. There's a million other things you can do that don't just revolve around indulging in alcohol and lacking all of that clarity and not really pushing towards the goals that you want, right? So if you're looking into that sober, sober, curious lifestyle, think about the people that you can surround yourself with. And then think about, of course, the activities that go along with that. And make sure that the people around you are really in support of the fact that you don't drink, right? So for me, like, it just was as simple as this. I'd roll up to a party or I'd roll up, you know, after doing triathlon, like obviously I had that whole social setting, but that was more in the mornings and in the daytime. But then let's say I went to like a triathlon thing at night or, um, you know, in, in an open mic, those didn't have alcohol. But even if I went to a bar with some friends or I went out for to a restaurant, you know, people would be like, all right, like, let's get a drink, blah, blah. And like, it was literally as simple as this. I don't drink. Why? I don't drink. Okay, cool. The end. Right? So like you can set that boundary for yourself and and it's really important to be firm on that because I find that when I stand in my own confidence and when I stand in my own goal of what I want to achieve and I'm doing it for other reasons, like I didn't just not drink for myself. Like I did it for other people in my life that I knew couldn't like have the strength to not drink, right? Like my grandpa clearly had an issue with that, right? And so for me, it's like, it wasn't just me. How do I say this? It wasn't just me. I'm standing in my frame being confident for myself because all I care about is myself. No, like I was doing it to set an example, right? And another thing that I always do too is I really try to set an example for my clients. If you're going to train with me and you're going to work with me, you better believe that I'm not just training hard. I'm going to attempt to be training harder than you. Because I want you to know that I understand how hard it is to train hard, okay? Especially for my women out there, like girls, ladies, we bleed. We bleed like four to five days out of the month. And if you're a dude listening to this, you need to understand that we have been silent about our periods for a long time. And like I'm super open about it and I'm going to talk about it because... It's a really intense thing that happens. Like I did an Ironman while I was bleeding. 
Like, do you understand what that means? That is so painful. One time I was doing a triathlon and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I'm just saying this to to help you understand that I was leading by example. I was doing this and being firm and being grounded in myself of my not drinking for your goal in order to lead others in a way that shows them that they are able to do it. So that if you, so that I can record this podcast and come back to you after this year and a half of no alcohol and say, look, this is what I did. I'm really stoked that I did it. It completely changed my life. These are the ways it changed my life. And here I am explaining it to you, right? So anyway, I know that was a little bit of a tangent on like periods and motivation, but it's important to be firm when you roll up somewhere about your intention, Because I always find that the wishy-washy people and everyone, we all have our wishy-washy moments. I can be very wishy-washy myself. I'm just saying in this particular scenario, like if you don't commit and sign up for whatever goal you're looking to achieve, like you're gonna wish-wash over one way or the other. A perfect example of this would be the first time that I tried to do a dry January. And I was still, you know, coming out of college. We were always like drinking on the weekends, me and my homies. And I was like 16 days in and it was Halloween. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to drink. So I went out and, you know, got drunk with my friends and had a blast. But then felt like absolute trash the next three days. And then I had to start over and it was just like a whole thing. But it's really important to not be wishy-washy. And when you go into a social setting, you understand that it's going to be something different and people are going to be a little off put by it. Especially when I travel because now I'm traveling more and doing the whole digital nomad and working remote thing. And people are very taken aback that I don't want to drink because I just really don't like it. And yeah, so I just, you got to be really firm with yourself and you got to be firm with other people. Does that mean you need to be an asshole? Absolutely not. But you can be firm and you can stand in a comfortable, confident place of where you're at with your alcohol. Cause like, there's always those people that are like, I don't know. And then your friend is like one drink. And then you're like, okay, fuck it. And then like four glasses of wine later, you're like, what am I doing? So I would say really understand your boundaries, really understand how to stay firm and pick social settings in which you're not going to feel pressured. If you're trying not to drink and you're hanging out with people that drink two to three or four times a week very heavily, they're probably not your peeps. And I will tell you after not drinking for a year, like the friends that you thought were real friends, they kind of just fade away. And then the real authentic amazing people in your life are going to show up no matter what like they're literally going to show up no no matter what like you're going to go for coffees you're going to go for walks you're going to go and stretch at their house make pesto together i don't know whatever it may be and they're not going to think of it as that big of a deal like i have a really good friend named megan and she really enjoys having like one or two glasses of wine a few nights a week and She's just like, that's just what I like. She's like, but I know that you don't like that. And I totally, totally respect that. And I always really loved that about our relationship because I never felt like I had to like be pressured to drink around her. You don't want to be around people like that. And you don't want to be around those enablers either. Like I had someone that I knew that was like talking to one of their friends who was trying to stop drinking. And they were like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you don't want to have a drink? And I was like, Dude, your friend over here is like trying to do, I think he was trying to do 
she, I think she was trying to do about a month of no alcohol and she was not feeling super supported because she was being enabled. So make sure you're not around enablers because that's definitely going to inhibit your progress. And the last thing that I want to talk about is happiness and contentment. So as you know, the whole reason that I started this journey was because I was really struggling with depression. Like I was not okay as a result of a traumatic experience and I didn't want to go on antidepressants. Now it just blows my mind when people tell me that they're on antidepressants and they drink on a regular basis. That is the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever heard in my life because if you're on antidepressants, you need to not be in taking depressants into your body because it affects your central nervous system, as I spoke about in the beginning. And so that is why I went on this journey in the first place, because I wanted to feel better. I wanted to feel happier. I wanted to feel energized. And I didn't want to feel down all the time. <sighs> I didn't want to feel down. And not drinking really brought that to me. I felt like my emotions leveled off so much. I wasn't in a constant roller coaster. And then the last like four to five months when I had more of like my spiritual transformation and journey, which was basically just me getting a little bit more honest and able to sit with myself and meditate in which I realized that I had been like, oof, burying a lot of stuff mentally. I had been not listening to the things that were in my heart. I had been pushing a lot of emotions downwards, 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 to the point where like I would go to yoga and do a glute bridge or sorry, a wheel. I would lift my hips up. I would squeeze my glutes. I would puff my chest up. You know how you do a wheel. And like, I would feel my hips like, like a jolt. Like that's how much emotions were stored there. And that is also a really interesting topic. So if anyone is listening and they have some stored emotions that they're kind of avoiding or resisting, do a glute bridge or anything to open up your hips and you will feel so much emotional release. Oh my God. Amazing. I got my happiness back. Like I, it took a long time and it took me facing, like I said, in the last four to six months, a lot of shadows, a lot of really dark thoughts, a lot of dark places that I had never gone because I didn't have the clarity to go there. But when I stopped drinking and I had this high level of clarity and then the clarity just kept building on itself, building on itself, building on itself month after month after month, I was able to really see for myself who I was. And then I was able to see who I was kind of showing the world I was. And that was pretty crazy because what happened was I was kind of putting on this mask, you know, 2021, I'm sure you know all about masks, but I was putting on this mask of like who I thought that I was telling myself that I was like, I was like, I think I'm this. So I'm going to tell myself that I'm this. And then like, I was wearing this mask, wearing this mask, wearing this mask. And then like one day I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. And that was when I started doing the shadow work. And so then I started going inside and, and deeper within and, and working on my level of self-awareness and understanding where I was at just in my journey mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, personally with relationships. That's been a big one. And I realized I had to pull that mask 
off. And because I was able to have that high level of clarity and be super honest with myself, I could see that I wasn't really showing the world who I was because I was afraid that if I did that, it was just, it was going to be too much and it wasn't going to be what I thought everyone wanted from me. Hmm. Can you relate? We put on these masks to show the world that we're this or to prove to ourselves that we're that or to kind of put this front on, right? And then like one day it's like we pull the mask off and we're just like, even if it's so little, right? Like I was still being authentic. I was still in my truth, living my passions, but it was the way in which I was presenting myself to the world that wasn't authentic. That was a big shadow that I had to work through. And I did that through having this level of clarity. And that is how I got my happiness back because I decided to be more honest with who I was, with where I was at, and with what I needed in my life. And that's why I spoke about the lifestyle on my previous podcast. I believe it was two podcasts ago where I told you, you have to work backwards from the goals that you want to achieve if you want to achieve something great. And you have to work backwards also from the lifestyle that you want. Because what happened to me is I threw myself out of balance a lot of times. Now, maybe I had done it with drinking before, but I've also done it with exercise. I have done it with food. I have done it with performance and musical theater and acting and singing and teaching classes and just like over teaching and burnout. And I've done it with relationships, overcompensating. Like if you do those things, something's going to be off balance in your life. And then you're not going to be showing up as your authentic self. And that was a huge source of why I was feeling depressed. I was not showing up as the person I was on the inside. I was showing up as an external projection of what I felt people wanted to, me to be on the outside. So when I really dissolved that and let that go and worked the frick on that, I worked so hard on that and I'm still working on it, that's when everything started to change. And then I got my happiness back in the sense of like, I feel this flow every day. Like I'm not in this constant state of like fight or flight where I feel that I need to like go there, do this, rush here, rush there, hustle here, hustle there, career this, validation that, random hookup this, long-term relationship that, like whatever it may be that you're struggling with and that you're kind of void filling with. I decided I didn't need to do those things anymore because I was actually sitting within myself in a way that felt good for me. So I will tell you, if you decide to embark on this journey of being sober curious, you will find a way to deal and cope with whatever emotion you're dealing and coping with because you will have no other way. You will have the time and space. You will have the clarity. You will have the energy. You will have the resources. You will have the friend group. You will have the support. You will have the mental state, the nutrition to cope and to deal with facing yourself and then you will feel like you are embodying yourself so i will tell you that that has been the journey okay now where am i at now so i did that from april to april that was 2020 and then i believe i went all the way through it was maybe July or September, October. So it was, like I said, about a year and a half. No alcohol. Felt great. 
And then I did a reintegration. So now I would say I'll drink one wine or beer, set the boundary. Liquor, not my jam. Every few weeks, maybe every three weeks, every two weeks, and it's fine. I'm traveling. I'm in a different phase of my life. I'm not training for an Ironman. I have no issue understanding when I feel buzzed. I don't overdrink. Like, I reintegrated in a way that was super healthy. So after you set your goal and let's say you achieve it, you have to reassess and reevaluate your relationship with alcohol and you need to decide what's going to feel good for you because I decided I wanted balance and I decided that that's something that was going to feel good for me. And if a glass of wine is that every few weeks or every month, that is okay. So understand what your reintegration is going to look like and create a plan or create a success structure around that, which is where we set the big goal and then we break it down and we move backwards from that. If you have questions on that, please let me know. So anyways, I really hope that today was beneficial for you. For anyone who wants to kind of step outside the box, do something that society is not going to promote because they want you to be kind of ignorant. They society just wants you to basically be a zombie who's constantly intoxicated either by you know the fluoride they're putting in the water or by the social media that you're just basically consuming like a cigarette or the alcohol that you're intaking you're getting super fucked up or by the genetically modified food that's making you fat and stupid society really wants you to stay in that realm so when you decide to break out and get into the more sober curious lifestyle you see the world in an entirely different way and you see all of the ways in which we fill voids and we don't really listen to ourselves and our intuition. So hopefully today was beneficial. Hopefully you can feel like you're ready to step out of the box and you're really ready to do something amazing with your life. And even if it's only a month or two, you will see a huge, 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 huge difference in the way that your life looks and the way that your life feels, and the way that your mind feels, and your body. And I can't recommend it enough. So thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast on the Sober Curious Lifestyle. If you have any questions on it, you can DM me. We can talk. I'm at Wholehearted Glow Coaching on Instagram, and my name is Blaze. And I hope you have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Mwah. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon. Bye.